And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Smoking Tobacco Show. I am joined once again by my good friend, Mr. Jonathan M. Carney. Smoking Nicole is absent tonight, but we welcome on our very special guest, once again, from Aganor Salif, Mr. Terrence Riley. Terrence, how are you, buddy? Oh, good. Now it's a downer. I mean, again, Nicole's not here, but we have Terrence. It's like, oh, you don't get the Porsche, you get the washer machine. I mean, that's not really a... Kind of like the booby prize in the contest here. Hey, you know, we, we take what we can get. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, I, Terrence. I was excited. I'm always excited to have Terrence on the show. You're a great time. Uh, you're oh, you. You, you 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 keep it fun in the airport photo contest for Cigar Coop. Shout out. Um, right. You know, you are arguably one of the tallest men in the cigar industry, which is also a plus. Um, and you know, you really know your shit, so you make good conversation. So that's, that's always a plus side to have you on the show. Uh, Nicole just wasn't feeling well, so she didn't, she didn't make it on today, but, um, but no, Terrence is here. Uh, you were, uh, with us almost a year ago. I no, want to say around the same time. So it's yeah. been, uh, you're, you're, you're due, I guess, for your, for your second appearance. So welcome. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thank you for um, having me. uh, I figured tonight, you know, we could talk a little bit about, you know, what you guys got going on, Agonor Salif, but we you know we also talk about, you know, PCA, uh, all of us a little bit. You know, we uh, you know we talked about it last week. Nicole and I were live from Las Vegas. Obviously, um, you know, LFD was not there, but John has given us a lot of good input on kind of the outside looking in. You know, Terrence, I know you were there. We saw you. We interviewed you. We had you know had little conversations here and there, and so uh, I know I'm sure you can give us some input too, and kind of like what your thoughts are on some things. But uh, other than that, guys, welcome to the show going to be a fun one it's going to be a great time john uh what do you got going on over there bob there's a couple things i want to set straight here from the beginning because we, we we covered really covered both sides of a lot of arguments last week whether people felt like we did or not um you know one of the one of the things that we touched upon was influencers that were at the show um the, the concern with people being at the show that were influencers or alternative media well, there was no issue with them being there. It was how they got in. It was not by being a member of the association or a media member or an influencer member. The issue was that they weren't a paying member. They came in through somebody else. That was the concern and discussion that we had. Now, we also said on that side, too, in the conversation last week, uh, we did talk. And when I speak, it's on behalf on the show, on behalf of Smoking Tobacco. Mm -hmm. We did discuss how it was, at the end of the day, the manufacturer's job to filter out who and who isn't going to waste their time. Like, I know with you, Terrence, if you have somebody that comes up and they're going to waste your time, I usually send them along. I don't know if you say the same thing. Hey, I'm honest. Hey, I'm busy right now. I'm not going to have an opportunity to talk. Um, if I have some downtime and I happen to be available when you come by, yes, but I'm really busy. I say that all the time. Sure. So it is our job as manufacturers yeah. to filter through that. So if manufacturers were complaining about influencers or media or alternative, uh, you know, alternative media or anyone that was in attendance wasting their time, that's on them. Uh, sure. You know, you're responsible for your time and your business, and that's what you get paid for, and that's what I get paid for. Um, yeah. But I know there was some heated discussion on that. So um, if you felt like uh, smoking tobacco was being whiny or this and that, we covered both sides of it. Um, it was very fairly, and the big issue that we had was people that weren't paid for it. But we did determine that it was ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, the responsibility of the manufacturers to, to spend that time. And that's what I would say to people. Um, you know, I've had that discussions with certain other things in the business before, um, and I've told people, like, you know, you're responsible for that. It's your job. Figure it out. Yeah. Um, Own it. So, yeah, yeah. So other than that, but uh, no, tonight I, I just got back to Maine. Um, 
I flew into Portland today, and then I'm up here in Lincoln now. Um, so I don't have my Agon horses with me, which is coincidentally probably probably my number two favorite Nicaraguan tobacco. And the only reason I say number two is it would be number one. I've been a Padron smoker for like 20 years, and it's just we, really, we, really we hard. We sell to tobacco, jump. so we can we can kind of yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I've, I've always been a big fan of that. But I, I, you know my personal uh, uh, you know affinity towards all cigars. Um, I, I really do think Aganorus has got some of the best tobacco, if not the best tobacco, uh, coming out of Nicaragua right now. Um, it's very well fermented. It's not super front spice heavy. Um, really smooth tobacco. However. I'm smoking an LFD L400 today. So I got LFD L400, and um, we can find this one at our friends at uh, twoguyscigars.com. They got the uh, Herald line on there, and I believe they also have the Aganorses as well. So what are you smoking today that, that they could find on Two Guys Cigars? Um, so I actually... Yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead Terrence. I'll let you go first. Ter which Terrence, by the way, we can't see you. Your uh, your video uh, is showing up as is non-existent right now. Why uh, do I have to You can see him. I can't see him. It you just see me I, now? I I get the Skype logo you know? with the blue and the That's all I see right now. What about now? Uh nope. Yeah, somebody send me a note that they can't see me. Still yeah, on the me? on the live broadcast we can't see you. I just got the I, Skype I, I logo. No, I can't see you. Hmm. Why, 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 how do we fix that? I never heard of this before. Hmm, I don't know, sure but, here. but we could we could stop by you tell me what you're smoking, Terrence. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah you stop. can. I just I'm wanted to make that aware. <laughs> uh, well, that's not good. Um, I'm having a uh, actually an anniversary, um, which I don't need more of the ones we release, which will be coming out shortly uh, from PCA. So. I'm smoking one from uh, we did for as a PCA exclusive uh, two years ago. Um, it's a box press perfecto, and uh, I'm lighting that up and enjoying it very deliciously. And uh, looking forward to the new Maduro ones that'll be coming and will be available too, guys. Um, so, it's funny you did a you did a another anniversario cigar. You did a special anniversario cigar for your 40th birthday, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah. I did. I did. Uh, I, uh, I did I did a, uh, I turned 40 in May and it, it's called the TR 40. And it was, again, it was just, I made cigar. We didn't sell them or anything. I made 40 bundles of 10. Uh, and, uh, you know, just when I run into friends and, and people I know, and you know, I, I haven't seen, I actually, uh, Matt, did I get, did I get you one? The TR 40? No, I didn't. Yeah. Not yet. Uh, I guess I don't like you that much. No, I, I, I guess I'll, not. I'll, 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 next time I run, I run into you, I still have got like about six or seven bundles left. <laughs> All right. Um, and Carney as well, but it was just a blend I liked, and it was a size I liked. And again, you only turn forty once, you know. So uh, that was the, that was the idea, just to have something nice to smoke. There's no band on it or anything. It's got a nice little label that says "TR40, Greatest Day of Our Lives." That's it. <laughs> so, Carney, can, can, can anyone see me yet? Or, or we can what? see you now. We can see you. We can you're see back. you. You're back, baby. Okay, Sorry, you're back, you're baby. Carney, that I'm sounds back, like something baby. you would do for your fortieth. You'd do some with like fancy, uh, you know non non public release bundle kind of thing but it it wouldn't be you know like Terrence did a good job with that the TR40 was classy it was special it was elegant that's me all class it's the Terrence Riley way Carney would come out with like this over the top like bundle inside like a meat crate or something like that and it would be like branded and be like Carney smokes you know 
happy 40th fuckers, something like that with the American yeah. flag. It would be like, it so would be I, over I the got, top. I got, <laughs> I got a plant that I'm wor- working on for my, for my daughter. Um, so she's doing October. So we do have a special blend I'm going to be putting together for that. What? Um, wait, 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 wait. Rewind that back a second here. You, 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 you have a daughter coming? Dude, you didn't you didn't know that, Terrence? You no. didn't know he he's got a he's got a bun in the oven. You didn't know that? Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. I don't know yeah, how I missed this. I swear, I swear, I told you. No, you didn't tell me this. Oh, that's I'm, I, well. I'm embarrassed that I hadn't told you, especially since it's live here on live here on the show. Wow. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. No, I got a little got a little girl on the way. She's due in October. Um, so we're uh, we're on the way there. Uh, that's we're at the home stretch. But we are doing. Yeah, sorry. I, I mean, I. I swear I told you. I get. You know, I was thinking when we were talking here. I don't think I've seen you since, um, since like March. Yeah, I remember we were at the Galliano. I think we were, we were yeah. hanging out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Hey, John. Which is strange because you're one. You're one of the people that I generally see on a on a basis outside of just regular cigar stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, but in the cigar wise, I haven't seen you for just uh, you know regular cigar business things either. So so yeah, no little girl on the way. Special cigar coming for her, and absolutely, I'm going to make a special cigar when I turn 40. That's what you do. You only turn 40 once, and if you're in these positions that we're in, you got to have some perks, right? You got to absolutely have one perk. Yeah, and uh, I can't wait for it. I can't wait to smoke it already. I'm already thinking about it. John, I uh, I just wanted to touch on really quickly because we left out what I was smoking, and I have something that I was just talking to Terrence about. Um, I have the Agonorsa Buena. Cosecha? Is that how you say it, Terrence? Buena Cosecha. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is a cigar that was given to me by a friend, um, and I found it in my humidor this week, and I knew you were coming on, and I said, I'm going to save this for Thursday. Um, so I'm really excited about this, and so far it's really good. Um, I don't believe that you um, – I don't believe they have it at twoguyscigars.com, but having said that, they do sell Agnor's Leaf, JFR, and all the fun stuff that you guys make. Um, they're, a rare, they're a select account. They, they, get, they get the rare leaf. That's right. Uh, they get the and, su- and the supreme leaf, right? Yep. And they got uh, the the uh, you know a whiskey edition we have coming out with single, uh, cast, single nation. cast nation. Yep. That'll be coming out on Monday. So lots of good stuff from two guys. So even though they don't partners. even though they don't have this cigar, guys, head over to twoguyscigars.com and check out everything that they have for Aganor Leaf, JFR, the single cast nation is coming out. They have the rare leaf, the supreme leaf, all that fun stuff. Uh, don't forget to check that out. The number two guys, cigars.com. Um, so by the way, by the way, so when we first started, when we first started having two guys as one of the partners with us and uh, affiliates with us, with the show, the first show we did, uh, we had some volume issues. And when we went to do the pitch, um, with the you know with the with the two guys information on it and kind of the the segment that we have with it, um, it, it muted right when we went to the advertisement. So I was sitting with Dave Garofalo shortly after, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't want to bring this up, but it kind of mood, muted." So I feel like every show now that I've been on, that I'm like, "Man, I got to make up for that first show." So hopefully, you know, this is this is being good bang for the buck. <laughs> I know I felt horrible too because it was that first time we were doing it and. For whatever reason, that day we had some, some. I don't want to say major, but we had a more than usual technical issues. We don't usually don't have it's really awful. many, but, and it just yeah. that happened to be the day. And out of all the parts where the audio got messed up uh, on the recording, it was like that one slot, 
and it's like you hear the show and then you hear like right after it and you don't even hear the whole segment and it's almost like it sounds like the segment was cut out like yeah specifically but it really didn't it just that's where like the feed kicked out and the recording got choppy and it was just like of course out of all places it could have dropped out um you know it couldn't have dropped you know why didn't it just drop out on the soap review i mean no i'm just kidding john wasn't john wasn't (laughs) even on that episode (laughs) so so we're still kind of on the topic of cigars here um i think a lot of people in the cigar industry and you know our viewers are familiar with you if you're not um you will have you tell us a little bit of what you do and where you're at with that. But I think one of my favorite Agonorses I've always had, I believe it's the uh, Agonorses Signature. It's a little much. Am I accurate in that? It's you, you cut out for one second. It's a little what? The Avo Signature. Not the Avo Signature. Sorry, the Agonorses Signature. It's the one with the white label, the yeah. silver on it. That's a that's a Connecticut shade. Is that accurate? So it's a Corojo, actually. It's a, there's a it's Corojo. a Corojo, but it's but it's a it's a cloud. It's a very light. It gets confused as a Connecticut all the time yeah. because it's a, it's very yeah, well, very light. The reason I brought that up is because it's one of my I was gonna say it's one of my mild favorite milder cigars to smoke, and the reason why I like it is because it, it it's not crazy in body, but it's got a ton of rich flavor to it. And the question I was gonna ask was to say, how do you all get that much flavor out of a Connecticut shade? Wrap cigar, and it's because it's not. <laughs> and it's that one. Well, though our Agonorsa Connecticut is that in which is a, a, a cigar authority, cigar of the year winner. Uh, Fantastic cigar. That's uh, one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> uh, that, that cigar. I'm gonna try to throw a, a, you know, a bone to Dave every time I yeah, get a chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 uh, it's it's very much like that. It's, it's got a lot of body. It's one of our our best sellers, and it, it's just that nice mix of not being aggressive, um, with not being just you know paper thin and. And it's really balanced, and you can smoke them anytime. It's one of my favorites. So, yeah, the Connecticut specifically was one of the first uh, was among the first cigars I ever had. You know, premium cigars, and I just remember I loved that cigar. It was right around the time they gave it. Uh, no, it was right. It was right before they gave it uh, Cigar of the Year. It was when I first had it, and uh, I just I, that was where that's actually the cigar that that kind of led me into Agonorsa Leaf and. I just remember being like, wow, it's so creamy and it's flavorful, but it's not too over the top. And I just, I really enjoy, especially at the time being a somewhat newer smoker. I just, I really liked it. Um, And that was really, that was the cigar that someone said, hey, you got to try this. And I tried it and I loved it. And that's what made me want to navigate through the rest of Aganorsa Leaf. Um, And it's funny, you know, we, we say this all the time. You know, there's so many great cigars out there that we all know and love that we enjoy to smoke. And sometimes you just you forget about them, not because they're not memorable. But, you know, as you guys know, there's so many cigars on the market, you know, and you're always smoking different things. But it's like that's one of those cigars that when it comes back up, I'm like, shit, I really I need to get my hands on some of those because I don't have any right now. And they are so good. And I really miss that experience that I had you know, every time I have those. And I, it brings me back to the first time, which I think is what's really special about cigars. You know, you, you think about, at least for me, maybe not every time, maybe not every cigar, but there's certain cigars when I smoke it every time, even if I smoke it a hundred times, I always go back to that first time I had it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when I first lit it up and I first tried it and I was like, wow, this is a really good cigar. And it always brings me back to that like happy place. And that's, that's a cigar that that's, when I have that, that's kind of where I go with that. So, uh, I'm glad you guys brought that up. That's a really, that's an awesome cigar. Um, but Terrence, tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess for the viewers who, and listeners at home who are listening us on podcast medium, uh, 
Tell us a little bit about, I guess, uh, your background. I know you've been on the show before, but maybe we have some new listeners, people who are new to Agonorsa Leaf. Give them the uh, the Terrence Riley elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, how much time do we have here? Uh, we have plenty no, of time. I, I, <laughs> well, thank you all for joining. That's the end of our show today. <laughs> Bye, guys. No. Uh, so Terrence Riley is about as gringo name as you can possibly have. Um, <laughs> but but my father, he's he, on, on his mother's side, they're Spanish you know, in Cuban, I, you know, it depends who you ask. They sometimes call themselves Cubans. Oftentimes, call themselves Spaniards. But my grandmother was from Spain, but they, they her family was in the tobacco business, and and they uh, they were living in Cuba until they donated all their property to Castro very generously, and uh, and they were they were in the tobacco. They were they were tobacco brokers. They bought tobacco from farmers and sold it. And Manuel Casada is my my uncle. And uh, when I was younger, I spent the summer in the factory working for him. This kind of for fun, you know, to have a good time and live, you know, in the Dominican Republic for a summer when I was uh, a lot younger. Uh, and, and then I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't even smoke cigars at the time, but I was kind of like, oh, wow, man, this is really incredible. I'd go over to my uncle's house on a Sunday and we'd play cards and have some drinks and have lunch and, and, and smoke cigars. And I, and I was like, you know, there's something really special about this. And then you see the whole process of making cigars and how much time and effort it takes to 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 make it come out right. You know, that guy puts too much glue on the band and it tears the wrapper. And uh, the guy doesn't say, well, everyone did their job except this one guy. He goes, oh, I got a bad cigar. I got a dud. So everybody's got to do their job right, which is a lot of people, obviously. Um, and so I was really interested in, in that. And I was I, I kind of fell in love with the business and, and cigars. And a few years later, my uncle gave me the opportunity to work for him. And I worked at Casada for many years. Um, and then uh, four years ago, I came to uh, Aganorsa and I was brought in, um, you know, they're the lar- them and Placencia are the largest growers of tobacco in, in Nicaragua. And, uh, and, you know, they make, they sell tobacco to Fuente, to, to Padron, to Jewish State, to the new uh, JC Newman, to so many great companies. Um, and then they also manufacture so many great uh, brands for other people, Lugion Foundation, Warped Viaje, HVC, uh, you know, so, and so on and so forth. And then, uh, and then they had their own brands, which were not really as well known. Um, and that to me was, was an interesting uh, issue because uh, they were vertically integrated. They obviously had great tobacco. The cigars they were making for other people uh, were highly successful. The cigars, the tobacco they sold to other people, uh, you know, were, were for successful companies. Um, and, and, and they just didn't have the notoriety um, that I thought they deserved. And that cigar you're smoking actually was one of the, was like the best example of that. That's that Bueno Cosecha. Uh, at the time, it had a different band on it. It looked kind of like something that like you'd see in a Chinese restaurant. And they handed that to me when I was talking with them. Uh, and I was kind of like, this is what you're handing me to impress me with your company. Um, you know, it just, the, 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 it didn't, the name was difficult to say in English. And then it was, had a funny looking band on it. And I said, well, okay, but I smoked it and it was really incredible. It was an amazing cigar. And I was like, wow, this is, this is very different and delicious. And, uh, they have, they have the tobacco, they have the cigars that they, they just need people to know about them. And, and, you know, the best cigar you've never heard of is one you don't smoke. So, uh, my job was to kind of preach the gospel and explain what we're doing and, and work with our retail partners and, 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 and uh, sales reps and, and consumers and really uh, present that, you know, Aganorsa uh, is, is different because of the, the processes we use. And it's, you know, we have a unique flavor that's not, not like anything else. And, and uh, that message has been generally successful and, and, and we're still got a ways to go. But uh, here we are today. I hope that wasn't too long. No, was- there's a couple listeners left. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was really good. You know, I, uh, you know, Agnor Salif is a is a very successful, you know, brand. Uh, you know, they they're, you know, at least in, in our neck of the woods and everywhere we've traveled to, 
Um, I see them all over shelves. Uh, we've smoked a lot of them. Big fans of a lot of the different lines, you know, as I've said. Um, you know, I know that you guys have some new stuff that you guys have coming out right now. For, actually, one thing before I get to those, I do want to mention. So you guys had done um, the Miami anniversary. Um, I, I don't know if it was the same or if you did something a little different, but you guys did. Uh, you were took part in the limited releases for the Great Smoke. Yes. Was that a different blend just for them or was that? The, so, uh, that was the, so last summer, we, we did the first Anniversario Maduro. It was a 109 head, a, a slight taper. Yes. And, uh, and so that was highly successful. Uh, again, it made Miami. It was only 250 boxes. And so we took that blend and we did it in a Toro uh, six and a quarter by 52 for the Great Smoke. Um, and, and that was, you know, Abe did a great job of, of uh, getting that in people's hands. And then, uh, and then now this summer, um, we've done it again in two more sizes that that uh were one size was a pca exclusive and one size was for uh, uh our agonorsa select partners and so if you were an agonorsa select partner and you were at the pca you could get both um but, but you know if you were a select partner or you were at the pca you could at least get one or the other yeah i i got one of the packs from from smoke in from the great smoke event and uh i have to say it's it's uh fantastic i mean it's a little bit different than what I normally smoke from Agonorsa Leaf, um, but it's really good. And I've, it's. I think I have, I think I have like five left. I think it was a ten count bundle, right? Ten so count, yeah. I think I have five left. Um, it, mm. I, I completely agree with you too. Because <laughs> it, like, I, I'm usually not even a Maduro guy, and uh, not that I don't like Maduros, but it's not my go-to, and certainly not for our cigars. Right. But with that particular blend, I, I was really, really impressed. And I thought it was great. Yeah, because I, I am a Maduro smoker, but I don't smoke a lot of Maduros from Agonorsa Leaf. A lot of stuff I smoke is, you know, Criollo or Corojo or all the other stuff you guys work with. And, uh, you know, like the Connecticut, the Agonorsa Leaf Connecticut, like to go in, you know, the Supreme Leaf. and But to for, for that cigar being such a, a much darker cigar, and but it was really good. It was, but it was different. And I just, uh, I guess I kind of went into it with a... Uh, not like a low expectation, just a different expectation from what I'm used to smoking from Agonorsa Leaf. And, uh, I mean, I was excited nonetheless, but I tried it. I was like, wow, this is really different, um, you know, from what I normally smoke. And, it, and it's so good. And uh, I've been enjoying the, the few that I have. I've, I've really enjoyed them. Um, so I wanted to bring that up because I thought that was another home run. But tell us a little bit more. So you guys have the fourth iteration of the Supreme Leaf coming out that we, you, we saw last week in Las Vegas. And uh, you also have the you have the Rare Leaf line that is uh that is out now too and you guys extended that line correct so you know so so the the rare leaf line is is uh it's for our agonorsa select uh partners uh exclusively and the idea behind it is when you have a limited edition there's usually uh there's usually the issue of you only make so many because you have a tobacco that you know you want to highlight that tobacco but if you have limited quantities of it um you can only make so many so you make so many and then the guy goes to the shop and says, I love that cigar. I want another box. He can't get another box. He's mad at me. The customer is looking in other stores for the product. And, uh, and then the alternative is, is you dilute it and you, you make more. And when you do that, the guy goes, ah, oh, well, this doesn't taste the same and it's not as good. And, and then they're still upset with you. So the idea with the rare leaf was to take, was to make the, the limitation on it through the, through who we sold it uh, to. And so with rare leaf, it's only available to our Agonorsa select partners of which two guys is one. Uh, and, uh, and the idea with that was to, to have, you know, basically 10% of our retailer partners have access to it. Um, and again, if they order 50 boxes of each, they don't, 
they're not going to get that anytime soon, but they'll eventually get it. Um, and so they, they have that confidence of having this product that utilizes uh, tobaccos that are in short, shorter supply or, or only come from certain farms or certain lots on certain farms um, and be able to get it again and again without diluting the product. Yeah, the the, uh, the rare leaf I've, I've had, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, because I, I told you this before, the first time I remember I had it, I was all excited because I was like, I, went, I was coming out and I would start and I was like, wow, this, I was all excited. I'm like, this is going to be good. And I had it and I got it. Uh, at one of my local shops and I remember I went up and I had it in the lounge and I just remember being like, huh, it's a lot different than I expected. And it didn't, it wasn't crazy about it. And then I went down to Miami, you know, Nicole and I were in Miami a few months ago. We were, we came to Agnor, so we, we, we hung out with you for a little bit and, uh, we smoked it again. And I just remember being like, okay, now this is way different. And I, I loved it. And, and I think it's like you were. We talked about this before. You know, cigars change, and especially during shipments, you know, they come in, they come to Miami. Then you know, this was actually when it was much colder out, so it goes from hot at Miami up to cold temperatures of and dry um, in New Hampshire at the time. Um, so I think that's important to note that you know, cigars can change. And John, I mean, you can speak on this too. You know, with LFD, I'm sure that you know you guys have both heard this before with other cigars. You know, you guys get stuff in, you ship it out, it tastes different. I know, like, one of the things they're talking to other people about, you know, PCA, for example, is a lot of people will be like, you go to PCA, you try samples, especially as a retailer, you're buying stuff, you try stuff, you smoke it, and it tastes, it tastes a certain way, you buy it, you get the shipment into the store, you open it up, you light it, and you're like, this is different than what I smoked at the show. Um, which I think is interesting. You know, the cigars, you know, they can have different, you know, experiences and, and, and flavors and changes and stuff like well, that. Well, you know, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I you know, and I won't point fingers and whatnot, but a really popular flavor profile in the premium cigar industry over the last, I'd say, 13 to 14 years has been really front-forward spice on the front of your palate. Mm. And this is not negative, and, and this is why I have a hard time bringing it up because people think it's negative. I'm not trying to be mean. Right, right, right. But the way you get that front-forward spice is through fermenting the tobacco less or using the term under-fermenting. It's not bad it's just a technique of doing that so one of the biggest things i hear is you know brands that tend to have that when those tobaccos age they're like well it loses all its flavor it doesn't it just gets more refined flavor in my opinion if it's good tobacco and it would have that if it was fermented for a longer period of time in the cigar i personally tend to enjoy that and you've really probably seen in my opinion in the last six or seven years you've seen that flavor profile come back where people want that fermented, that smooth spice on the finish instead of right in the attack on the front of your palate. And I'll say that's one of the things that Aganorsa does very, very well is they're very complex, very refined and mature mm. tobaccos that are put in there. And I very rarely, if ever have had anything that's really attacked me and been aggressive on the front of my palate. Yeah. And that's Matt, Matt's point. You know, like what you're saying, you know, John, just to piggyback on, on that, like with fermentation, Another thing, and Daniel Nunez taught me this, is that like uh, tobacco, when it shifts temperatures heavily, again going back to that kind of you know act, getting acclimated to the the environment, right? Um, it is is when they would ship tobacco up to Connecticut from Dominican Republic, it would go through what was called winter sweat, where it would be it would like the cold would produce a, like a fermentation, and so you hmm. can actually when you ship cigars and it's in a cold climate. Um, it can it can kind of trigger a, a little bit of that and so you can get kind of spice and pepper that you wouldn't get otherwise that's why we always recommend putting the cigars in the humidor you know before you're putting them out uh, let them acclimate for a week or two um and 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 i you know i always thought you know when daniel told me that story i was like ah that sounds kind of crazy but i remember once shipping a an old box to a guy when i was at casada the box was at least 10 years old 
And uh, we just happened to have like a box left and we had a customer looking for it and we shipped it to him and the guy got all happy, opened the box, smoked one. He's like, did you just make these cigars? And we were like, that box has been in there for 10 years. We haven't made that brand in 10 years. And he's like, man, it just tastes like they're fresh, you know? And I was like, and I was like, no, it's, it's uh, that's when I really knew that story was true is that like we just shipped it up. We shipped them to Chicago, been on mm. a UPS truck in the freezing cold, did, didn't put it on the shelf, just opened it up when you got the box and. And it just, you know, it was not, it was not right. You got, you got to have the right uh, conditions. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring that up specifically because, you know, I experienced that and that was one of the first times that it happened to me and I really noticed it. And cause I, I was so excited to, you know, I tried rare leaf and I remember being like, Oh, this is strange. It was so powerful and it was so peppery. And I was like, I didn't anticipate it being so peppery and then i came down to miami and we were at you know we were at the office with you and we had it and i was like okay like this cigar is fucking fantastic like this is nothing like the other one i had and it's just it it, it triggered for me i'm like huh yeah i mean i kind of got that same like realization like oh yeah that is you know something that can happen um because then after that i was like wow the rare leaf is fantastic and and it, and it really changed for me you know once i you know I had, and i think that's another reason why it's important to mention it's so important when you try something new um, it's hard to just smoke it once, and if you don't like it, just write it off. Be like, nope, sucked. It, because you, there's like it's something like this, or there's so many variables that go. You should really try a cigar multiple times before you completely write it off. Uh, well, especially, I, 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 like that, I like that you think that way. I like that you think that way. But the reality is, if you no one does. The first time, yeah, yeah, yeah you're dead. <laughs> There's very few people that like will smoke a cigar one time, not like it, and never smoke it again. Some people do, and God bless them. Uh, <laughs> but like, th that's one of the challenges I think that we face is that like you really, pe people's attention spans are short, and there's a lot of great cigars, and if you don't get them that first time, it's very hard. Again, I mean, even for yourself, I mean, yeah, like like you you happen to come down to Miami and you were sitting with us, and we it just worked out that where we had the opportunity to get in. So that's why again, it just shows you how many things are beyond your control. I mean. Uh, you know, you, you don't control necessarily sometimes the temperature conditions of, of things and you don't control, um, you know, a lot of aspects. Plus, I'll tell you this. There's no guy that ever smoked a cigar and was like, you know what? My wife filed divorce papers with me today and I got fired and I lit up the cigar and it was delicious. Like nobody has ever said that. So you're also <laughs> competing with the environment and, uh, and yeah. who the person's with. So there's so much that goes into it. But uh, I mean, and that's why we on our end have to do everything we can to, to minimize, you know, the, the risks that we have, whether that's construction or flavor or fermentation or whatever it is, because there's so many things that can happen that are just beyond your control that can negatively affect an experience. Absolutely. I think that's really well said, Terrence. And uh, I want yeah, I wanted to use that as an example because I, I thought it was a, a really important message to spare and to, to, to send. And, you know, yeah, and I'm trying, you know what I mean? I'm trying to get people to, you know, try you guys multiple times. Two brands I really like. Uh, you you got to get on Agonorsa and LFT. I mean, come on, guys. Let's go. Um, but having said LFD's that. LFT's fine. LFT's fine. They don't, they don't even need any new people. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> LFT, LFT's, they got. There's a waiting list to be an LFT smoker. <laughs> There's a waiting <laughs> list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't let anybody in that club. They're at another level. So, you know how, like, at, like, the trade show. Like there was, I mean, there's, there was a few booths that had signs. Like I know Fuente had one. And it was like, oh, at this time, you know, we're not taking on, you know, new accounts just, you know, cause it, it's hard for us. LFD, if they were there, would have had, we're not taking on new accounts or new uh, consumers at this time. Um, it would be, so, it would be both. So it was a funny <laughs> comment. I had an event, I had an event sometime, sometime in the last year I had an event. I won't say where it was, 
But sometime in the last year at an event, and I go to this shop, and obviously we have the Andalusian Bowl, which is impossible to get your hands on. We can't make enough of them. Uh, we're not going to overmake it, you know, so we have a quality issue. But So I get there to the event, and the retailer is giving a discount on the box. And I'm like, I'm like, I can't make enough of these things. You can't get enough of them. And now that they're here, we're discounting them. He's like, well, you know, the guy says, well, I can't tell my members no. And I said, what do you mean you can't tell them no? I was like, I've been telling people no. I go for yeah. eight years. Let me tell you, I'm an expert on no. Really <laughs> That's awesome. That's so funny. Yeah, he, he looks at me and he's like, well, I guess if you want to. I'm like, dude, do it. I'm like, it's just, it makes no sense. Yeah. <clears throat> so we touched a little bit on the PCA show. Um, oh, yeah, actually, you know, well, actually, before we do that, I forgot. I have something for you, John. Uh, last week we told you we had a we had a present for you and you got all excited. Oh, nice! But uh, we, I actually have it with me. So <clears throat> we were um, we were at the Hiram Solomon booth at PCA, and in the corner of that booth there was a woman there, wonderful woman, and she makes cigar pokers, and it's kind of like her thing, and she ma- hand makes them all herself. And so I mentioned that, you know, we told her who we were and I mentioned, you know, that, that John Carney is a very dear, close friend of mine and um, I'm tight with him, you know, I'm tight with the brass at Love Lord Minicana. And she got all excited and she's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I, I know that guy. And she's like, well, she goes, I need you to give him something for me. And I said, that depends. What is it? She's like, well, it's a poker. And she goes, my favorite cigar of all time is the Andalusian Bull. All time. That's like her, that's, that's her shit. You know, she's like, boom, she can't get enough. And she goes, I actually made a poker called the bull and it's green. And she goes, I'm going to give this to you for free as a gift for John Carney. So I have it with me Wow. and I have to get it wow. to you and I will because, I'm uh, and, uh, I'm going to hold it up. I don't know if the camera will blur, but it's, I'm going to get a little close, but it's, uh, it's right here. Beautiful. It's got Stunning. green. It's got skulls on it. Little hanging charm with a skull on it, real sharp too. Stunning. And it's, yeah. it's a beautiful piece of art. Wow. And this is for you. Thank you. From our Thank friends at Thank you to you. From our friends at Blue Smoke Atlanta. Um, yeah. I actually have a. Um, I actually have one, another one that she's from Atlanta, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I actually have another one. I have a New England Patriots poker that I picked up from her. Oh, really? In uh, in Atlanta last year in August. So I've Ooh. actually met her before. I cannot remember her name, uh, but she does make some great pokers, and I apologize that I don't. But, I, yeah, I look forward to that. I'm, I'm rolling through town next week. I'll be down in Rhode Island on uh, on Wednesday, so maybe we'll connect up Tuesday night and hit the Kowloon and, oh, uh, yeah. and exchange pokers. Oh, yeah, we have to do that. Oh, yeah, well, we can do that. And I, I have this here for you. It's beautiful. Um, and as, as she told me, she said, this is, this is for John. It's very special. It's called the bowl. The bowl is my favorite, uh, cigar of all time. And so she, she said, he, he, John has to have this. So Nicole just went and grabbed it. Um, so this is for you and, uh, very honored. Thank you, you. you should be. I, I, and seriously, it was, it's really, she got some really cool stuff. Um, but having said that, so we, yeah, we were at the show last week. Terrence was there with Agonorsa. Um, let me see. How do we want to start this conversation? So, I mean, we're kind of on different sides. You know, Terrence was there as an exhibitor, as a manufacturer. We were there as media, so we kind of had different roles at the show. But, uh, Terrence, I'll just start off with this. You know, how did uh, how did your experience at this year's trade show go in terms of, you know, 
your expectations and, you know, in terms of the, the business you guys did and the traffic that came to the booth and just, you know, how, how, you know, in compared to years past, you know, how, how did this, how did this show stack up? So I had pretty good expectations, quite frankly, because two years ago at the last one, 19, that everyone said was like the worst show of all time. We had a great show. We, I, it was a really great show for us. And, uh, so I was kind of looking at that and saying, okay, that was two years ago. It was a kind of a poorly attended show. There was a lot of concern about FDA at the time. Um, that deadline was coming up. And, and, and now you, have, you take away four very large manufacturers who probably take a full day combined and an average $100,000 from those retailers. And you free up that time and, and money. And we've grown since 2019. So I, I was pretty positive it was going to be a good show for us. Um, it was, I would say it was better than what we expected, primarily because I thought day one would, we would have a great day, and we did. Day two was a little, was, it was almost as busy as day one. So I was like, okay, yeah, that's, you know, this is good. And I expected you know, bowling day three and day four. But day three, we were almost as busy as day one and two. And I, and I, I haven't seen that in a long time. And then day four is always, you know, pretty much dead i mean i think we had like 10 orders the whole half day of day four which is always kind of um, a day but but i it was it was the best show that i've ever had in my professional career so uh, we were really happy with it in that sense in terms of all the other stuff and in, in the long-term future of the show and what needs to be done and everything like that um listen obviously there needs to be things that happen to make you know uh, trade shows are a difficult thing as time goes on post-covid especially um but I thought they did a really good job with the circumstances of, of, of doing the best they could to get people there. And, and, the, and the retailers, I have to say, that showed up. They were all there to buy. They were all supportive. Um, so I, I thought it was great. Uh, I think it's just a matter of making sure that in the future, um, you know, things evolve and, and improve and, and grow so that we can continue to do this. Yeah, I mean, I walking around the show, you know, Nicole and I, we, we passed by the, your booth hundreds of times, and I just remember always being like, oh, what's Terrence up to? And they'd be like, that booth's full. Let's, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to him later. You know, I mean, we had a time when we came to talk to you, but there was other times you know, I wanted to pop in, kind of, you know. But I'm like, no, nope, he's busy. I mean, that, that booth was rocking. So, I mean, I think you guys did a really good job. Um, so, I mean, that, that's always good to hear. Um, you know, we got to see, you know, the new stuff on display, and all that you guys had a really beautiful booth. Uh, well, that's good. You know, I mean, not I would say not every booth uh, had the same experience as we, we talked about a little bit last week, John. I think you remember. Uh, and Terrence, you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, there was a few booths who, who didn't have quite the same exhilarating excitement and decided to pack up early and head on home. Uh, which oh, is, really? Uh, yeah. 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 Did yeah you there was some stuff that did. I don't want to say the names anymore because no, no, don't even say the names. I don't know. No, 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 no. Talked about it, and I said halfway through it, I was like, "Dude, I said, I go, brother, I go. They didn't want to be there. I go, so they shouldn't have gone. I go to try to make some sort of a point. I was like, we're we're giving, we're spending too much time. We're giving them too much credit for even discussing it any further. So we just stopped. And it was like, we're done talking about it. But you know, (coughs) it was if you weren't able to go, it was a it was a business decision. You know, a lot of people made a business decision. It was you know, it was going to be up in the air of what was going to happen production's yeah, a challenge it, that was one of the absolutely. main reasons for us was i got x number of millions of dollars of cigars on back order yes i want to go have the social aspect of it and the interaction the face-to-face with this large group of retailers in one place but also at the same time the biggest benefit for some of these manufacturers that weren't there other than really the big four was hey, you know seeing lito would have been a great thing but having lito get his cigars to you was a better thing 
Um, so they were really focused on that. And obviously would like to see things improve and, and, and then whatnot with the show. And I do have a couple questions on that. But my first question I have for you is compared to 2019, you had some pretty, um, I would say, obnoxious neighbors in 2019. Um, yeah, did you well, find that you were more, <laughs> did you find you were more or less productive in 2021 being the next show with, with their absence and specifically their vice president of sales not being present next year? It, it, honestly, it was a huge benefit to us this year because the problem with that company, the vice president likes, you know, likes to come over and chat and he always has interesting <laughs> stories about three throw competitions with former NBA players and all sorts of things to talk about, and I get pulled away, uh, and I'm not able to, you know, be in, in, in state and have my game face on, and I, I get pulled out of it. I don't know if it's a technique, True. you know, to, to get me out of my, you know, my zone, but uh, he's very effective at that, and so I was yeah. much more focused and dedicated this year Good. than I have been. Good. So, Good Terrence, job. I have a Good. question. I have a question for you. So, did said vice president of that company ever offer to take you out to dinner any of the nights you were there? He and did. He, he did. did. Right, he, so he took me actually he, he was he was very generous i went out with uh, him and the coronas crew my voice every year I, as you heard this year my voice goes to pot by day three or so and oh, yeah. uh, I, I i i sounded like you know i was dying uh or i was chewing gravel or something but uh he was kind enough to have me join uh for a delicious dinner and uh and i got to hang out and smoke some great uh lafleur cigars and uh he's been he's always very good to me I, again it's it's kind of like you know uh, it's like my relationship with you know a lot of different devices. You know, it's like you love them, but you know, you know they can they can overwhelm you at times. And exactly, and, uh, when you're on the floor, you know, being next to somebody like that really takes you off your game with their with their stories and their excitement and their persona, you know, overshadowing you. So it's very truly, it's tough. Yeah, it's very dynamic, very dynamic. Um, so on a serious note, uh, by the way, it was very much more. For, I remember I, I was in the free throw contest. And it was that first day of the show in 2019 was slow. It was a slow first day. I, I, the second day, I think, over in our area, I remember it vividly because I, I played in that free throw contest and then a three-on-three tournament over at the Ace Prime booth. Yeah. And I remember I won the tournament and I came straight back. And I'm like, I was, I mean, I was on cloud nine because I beat Dominique Wilkins at free throws. Um, so I... I any booth that was in striking distance uh, of our booth was uh, got it got a stop by, um, but that that first day of the show was 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 slower uh, that 2019 than it was in 2018. So it's nice to hear that there was strong energy on that first day, which I think is probably expected since this is the first time a lot of people were able to get out of their retail shops and get to a a, a yeah. function. You know, for us, you and I, you know, we traveled quite a bit over the last year still. Um, so, you, you know, you got to see when we go into places that you know, people were, you know, gunning to try to get to something like that. My, my question for you is I, there was a lot, I think there's a lot of positive energy around the show. I think there was some negative energy at the end of the show that we won't get into uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was just because it was honestly because it, it was irrelevant. That stuff to me wasn't important. And I it was no harm, no foul. I'm switching. I mean, I'm up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the, um, do you think the positive energy was a result of adjustments and changes that the PCA had made to the show? Because there's a lot of people like, oh, the show footprint was different. Or do you feel like the footprint being different was mainly because the manufacturers were scaling back on what their presentation was going to be? 
So I, I can speak for us is that, for, and our, I mean, number one, you take those four big booths away, that obviously has an impact. And then again, you have a decent sized booth. Uh, there's other companies that didn't go that have decent sized booths. So that obviously has an impact. We were going to scale the booth back a little bit anyway. And that allowed us, uh, we justified that in two ways. One is that it's, uh, again, TPE in 2019, when I was there, we had a kiosk and, and it, we didn't do PCA business, but we did pretty good business. And I think the traditional model of having a big booth with a bunch of chairs and couches and everything where people sit down, that's really from the, the olden days when, uh, when people didn't see anybody except there. So if you wanted to maintain your relationship with you or Lido or whoever, um, they kind of had to come in and sit down and you talk about your families and how are you and great to see you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for making great cigars. And you'd spend 20 minutes just doing all that before you got to an order or anything like that. And now with FaceTime, with, with Zoom, with, with what we're doing right now, uh, you can talk to anybody anytime you want, any time of the year. So f for us, the show is like, come in, let's write business, and then let's go out and have a drink after and have a great time after, but let's just take care of business while we're here. And so that was kind of the idea of, of shrinking down the booth a little bit. Um, and, and, and that was really effective. It also, by that savings, allows us to justify deals. Just, you know, again, uh, we're, we're also, you know, producing a lot of cigars. We're getting back orders. Uh, and, and so there's the argument, well, what would you give any deals for, you know, we're selling them for everything you make and you say, well, listen, we're saving some money on booth space. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, in the long run, things aren't going to last forever and people are coming out to the show. We got to give them a reason to come by and visit us and have some special stuff and have some deals. Uh, and so that was kind of the, the, the idea behind that is to, is to, is to utilize those, that money, um, to give deals and to, and to be more efficient in terms of, you know, doing business. Did that answer your question, or did I? Uh... Yeah, yeah, it answered it for me. <laughs> I, 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 I was just waiting for John, John so, to I mean, follow synopsis, up on that. In synopsis, <laughs> it was really the manufacturing changes that really made the adjustment to the way the show appeared. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, initially, I, I don't think the PCA had enough time to make enough time or enough manpower or woman power to, 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 to get that done in that way. So I, I think now you'll see some of those changes with some scaled-back booths. Um, and it, it just makes more sense, you know, it just naturally it's, we're not, um, you know, we're not that big of an industry. I've always said this, we, the trade show turned into a stadium tour when we're really an arena type industry is, yeah. is what I've said, you know, uh, you know, we just don't need those monstrosities. Yeah. It looks great and it's excellent, but it doesn't make anybody more money. Uh, you know, it doesn't make anyone any more money, and it does, certainly doesn't raise any more funds, which this PCA show is the largest fundraising activity that the PCA does. And really, the biggest, the bigger show floor, the bigger this, they made the same amount of money, if not less. And then the, the casino and the trade show cups make more. Yeah, no, I think it just makes sense. The, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the trade show this year was notably, you know, much smaller and. You know the booths are smaller. There was obviously less people there. You know, Terrence. You know, in 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 John too. I mean, you guys have been there, going there for years. You know, uh, I know John, you weren't there, but Terrence, you were at the show. Um, was it shocking to see for you, uh, especially as a manufacturer and as an exhibitor, um, to see the show floor that first night on Friday um, when everyone kind of saw it that first time? Because I know a lot of other people, you know going to the show were like expecting it to be small but once they got there they were like it's even smaller than i than i thought it would be well i i think part of that is that it could have been and again the pca has i think three full-time employees 
for a major trade show during COVID when who knows what the rules are going to be and everything else. So to me, they, they, and they, anytime I had a question, I call, you know, I would call Aaron or I'd talk to Scott. They were awesome. So they had their hands full and I think they did a great job. Uh, they did what they were working with. That said, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, th- I think they could have hid. I think that the, the, the shock could have been limited a little bit with some walling or something like that. They could have done some things like that. I mean, ultimately what made it positive for me really was, I think just, I think Scott and Aaron and, and that te- whole team made a lot of it. They did small things like at the last day they went around and gave out beers to people to have, they, they, they were trying to do a lot of things to make it a fun environment. And, and I think the retailers generally speaking were very positive and they came in, they were there, they weren't there just window shopping. They all came in supported. Uh, there were some retailers I haven't seen in years at a PCA um uh, or a show whatever it was you know again it, it, I, I still go to ipcpr i'm dating myself i used to always get mad at my uncle for calling out the rtda because i was like that's hasn't been called that in 20 years and now i'm doing the same thing but uh I, you know I, I thought that the the energy in the room was really good for me again i'm on an island i'm like you know i'm kind of like tom hanks and castaway i'm like stuck on this island for four, so i really don't see anyone else's booth other than the people around us um, so yeah it's funny you mentioned that Terrence, I was literally just about to say, because Matthew said something like, oh, I know you weren't at the show this year. I actually knew more that was going on at the show this year than I did when I'm actually at the show. Yeah, I'm sure because, you know <laughs> Yeah, I watched all the media, everybody's media outlets. Yeah. I was talking to Matthew and Nicole almost daily. Yep. Um, I was talking to, I was still working, and you know, so I was still talking to retailers that were either at the show or not. And then I was interacting with manufacturers through their social media stuff. And when I'm physically there, and when you're, you said you're, like, you're on your island, it's like everything's going on around you, but you're really centrally focused on what's going on in your little area for the whole show. Uh, so it was so funny with this show for me, watching it from the outside in. I, I had my hand on the pulse of you know on, on everything that was going on, um, whereas. You know, it usually takes me a month or so after the show to either get caught up what happened in my booth, let alone what yeah. happened everywhere else. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, like I said, you probably have way more knowledge of what was going on. Again, like, oh, there's some booths in two. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't even know any of that. Like, I literally didn't leave my booth till day four. And that was mostly to go over uh, to the La Polina booth uh, to, to be on their lockdown show. And then I was back in my booth. So, you know, I, I just saw, I mean, I, I, across from us was Tawahe, and they were obviously busy. Um, as they always are, um, and then uh, and then most of the booths around us look look busy all the time. But that, again, that's as far as I can tell you. I mean, I, I can't really say anything else other than for ourselves and the people around us. Yeah, I mean, even for us, I mean, we we were roaming the whole show floor like the whole time because I mean, that's what we had to do. But even for us, like we were so busy, you know, just in that that I mean, after the show was over and I had time. To like kind of step back and like look at what everyone else did and see like all the other coverage and like there was booths that i don't even remember seeing at the show because we were just like going around like it was it wasn't even like oh wow look at this it was like all right we got to get to here we got to get to here we got to get to here we got here there's a panel going on it was just constant running around and like being focused on our current task at hand that like you know even like i'll admit like there was there was stuff like you know like halfway would post like a booth and i'm like i don't even remember seeing that booth there like where were they like, who were they next yeah. to? Like, I didn't even know they were there. Because it's just like, you know, it, it gets you. Even though it was a smaller footprint of a show. I mean, I would say it was still a busy show. I think that, and Terrence, you know, as someone who who sold and, and took orders at the show, I would say it's a very fair statement to say that while it was a smaller show, 
who the people who came like in terms of retailers and whoever to buy they came to buy there was and, not and energy was really good I mean, yes that, that was that, that's the biggest for me that's always the biggest factor in things is like what's the energy level at like i did it uh i attended i shouldn't say i did i wasn't part of the event but uh with uh mr carney at uh, there's a local cigar bar that's nearby where i live that i and you know enjoy hanging out at called galliano cigar bar and in Great december place. they did a, a la florida minicana event and again they, there, there was you cooking meat and they're on they have the tv up there you guys did a show i think from there and uh and and you, the, there was a pack with like a Christmas and again like the energy of the event was really good and so that sometimes you know you can have a good event potentially but the energy is bad or you can have a a, a, a bad you know it, it's it's for me it's more about the energy level are people excited or people like energetic and that's how I always judge these things is that you know and for me with the people I were seeing were very energetic they were very enthusiastic and I think that's a good sign um, whereas if it had been the exact same thing and everyone was kind of like, well, this is going to be the last show I would have said, ah, oh, man, this is probably not going to, this is probably done with if, if people are, are behaving this way, even if the business was exactly the same. So that's, yeah. an, that's an interesting topic that you bring up because Nicole and I were on another show earlier this week and the question was asked to each one of us, you know, do you feel that this was the last trade show? I didn't think so. And Terrence, I don't no. think it sounds like you, you do either. And John, I, I think you also don't think that it was the last show. No. No, absolutely not. I, I think it was a positive situation. Um, honestly, they, they released their financials here. There's a story that came out a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, they had a loss. Um, but even if they, you know, they, there's enough money in the bank to have losses for at least another year or two and still have that show, which it seems like this was a good start to writing the ship. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to be righted. I think there's good people involved in it um, all around with great intentions. So I, I think you're going to see an improvement there. Um They'll have opportunities to have other money, you know, and revenue raising activities this year because COVID's not going on. Um, that there won't be the downsizing in their staffs um, because there's not as much uncertainty uh, from the, you know, the other, the, you know, the, the contributors to the finances of it. So um, I, I think it's in a positive spot, and it's yeah, it's there's no way there's, in my opinion, there's no way there's not going to be a PCA show in 2022, and then if it goes right. Um, it should be a great opportunity to, to financially make it very viable year after year again. Yeah, I I, I, I said this earlier, um, you know, like on the other show. We were on a How About That Cigar with Garrett and Matt. Um, and I had said, you know, my opinion is I think it was a good start. Uh, I think this obviously this, it wasn't a it wasn't a horrible show. There's definitely things that they need to improve on. I think that they have the potential to do so um i think that you know this was a you know as we said this was a a, a quickly put together show it was 100 days they put it together with three full-time staff they're going to get a little bit of a mulligan just for that you know that's that's tough to do and they still put on a show that that happened and worked having said that you know going into next year hopefully you know things stay you know on the up and up with you know the global stuff that's going on um they have more time to p- fully prepare for a show and you know i would say my my opinion on it is you know yeah, yes there will be a show next year but i think that it'll be important for them to make a lot of these changes for next year and next year should be that show where a lot of new things happen a little bit more organization and things are different and really will give us the tone for how the show continues in the future. I think next year is important for the PCA if, if, if there is that, that circle of doubt of like, okay, um, you know, uh, 
whatever. You could pick any issue. I think next year is the year where they answer those questions. They make some changes. Maybe they don't fix everything, and that's fine. But if they start to do some things different and make some changes, and it sets the tone, like, all right, well, you know what? They they made that. They made these things better. That was better. This was different. There wasn't so much of that. Okay, things are going in the right direction. I think that'll be huge for them to kind of set that tone, like, you know what? The ship's changing. We're getting it right on course. Um, I, I think that'll be huge. So I, that's what I'm excited to see for next year is just kind of like, you know, where do they go from here? Um, just so that we can kind of see, you know, years out, you know, what the prediction is. Um, and, you know, hopefully, John, you know, we, we get to see you back uh, with La Flor Dominicana at next year's show too. You know, um, you know, hopefully things are a little bit better for you guys you know, next year and you guys were, will be able to make that trip. So because it'll be exciting to see La Flor Dominicana. Um, back of the trade show floor the, the more people there the the, the, the better i mean yeah. again for obviously yeah. when when there's a company that's not there that's in the short term potentially beneficial for us because it's time that they can potentially spend with us but in the long term you want as many of, of the guys there as possible the big four you want back you want i mean in my opinion you know not that it's worth anything the more people we have partaking in it the better for everybody and uh and certainly for the long term absolutely 100 percent so uh, I do. I forgot. We do have a little bit of news this week uh, that I want to get to, um, and I'm I'm curious to see what what each of you guys have to to say on this. And we'll, we'll try to keep it brief. It's a little, you know, it could be a, it could be a full conversation. But uh, our news is brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. McAuliffe Cigars. Head over to McAuliffeCigars.com and become an ambassador today. Uh, be part of the brethren of the McAuliffe ambassadors. Um, our news that we have this week is about the federal federal appeals court sharply rejects cigar industry's appeal in the FDA lawsuit. Uh, I'm sure both of you guys are familiar with this story. Um, John, I'll start with you, I guess. Uh, what, what's your take on this, and, and where do you think uh, this lands us now? Well, I, it it doesn't really change anything. Um, <clears throat> so it was kind of, I think, I think that's also part of the reason why it was all knocked down was because it wouldn't it really didn't change anything that was going on um and it was kind of it was stuff that had already been settled i guess you know that, i guess that's what the right. appeals process is uh but there was there was really no new n- nothing new in it um so I, I think the most important thing is it doesn't essentially change anything would have been a huge victory absolutely i mean it would have been a huge win um i mean out of this world there would have been a grand slam uh, in my opinion, just because it was, you know, would have essentially changed a lot of the, um, a lot of the requirements and it's, the whole deal. It would have been just a big one, um, but it wasn't a massive loss. I mean, it was a loss, but um, it was like a regular season loss, you know. In my opinion, um, you know, it wasn't like an NBA Finals game six, game six, you know, game six up against the wall. You're gonna lose, you know, you're gonna lose type thing, and then you're out. Um, so it, for me, I looked at this like a regular season loss. I, I don't like losses, but didn't really change a whole lot for anybody right yeah and terrence would you what would you thought kind of echo the same thoughts yeah, or? I, would, I would echo the same thoughts i think it's again there's all these this was for better or worse nothing nothing really changes yeah i see coops in the comments with us too and he writes how bad a job have our trade organizations have been on their dead silence on this defeat Crickets. always taking a turn to negative town taking a turn <laughs> but but here's the thing i want to know like, who it who? This is a challenging thing, but you know they've been short-staffed. So like, if they weren't good at it before, they're certainly not going to be good at it now when they have half as many people there. 
um, which is not a good thing by any means, but um, it's not shocking to have poor information on it um, from a vet trade association. They've never been great at it, so you know, I wouldn't expect, hey, you guys weren't great, so we're going to cut your team in half, and then we're going to have expectations of you. You know, and those, it, it's, my expectations are low on that, but I do hope the addition of like Lynn Loop, they got Joshua Aberski out there, who they're really, you know, promoting in the social scene and in the media scene. So I really hope that that does change going forward. Where there's more information on that, uh, but you know, hats off to the media side of it for really getting involved and in, in providing that information. Um, and I think a lot of um, a lot of people in the industry go to those media outlets to get that you know, to get that information. So, you know, it's a great thing for you that the traffic's going there rather than going to these trade associations. I, I would like to have more from them. Obviously it'd be nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's a lack of information getting out there on these types of situations because of what the media is doing, the, you know, the media efforts uh, from it. I mean, you know, the alter you know, I don't think it's alternative media now. This is from, you know, half wheel coop. How about the cigar? Um, you know, the developing palace guy talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, we get involved in some of it to an extent. We're not writing articles on it over here, but, um, you know, there, there is a lot of that out there. So congrats to you guys, and thank you for keeping people informed that way, um, you know, as, as there are some shortcomings in the trade associations. Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> this is probably something that will come up on uh, this week's episode of uh, Spare Note series with myself and Coop. But Coop is in the Cromats, and... He's uh he's he's getting fired. I can tell this is a, this is a a big issue for him, and I'm sure you know uh, you'll hear a lot more. And uh, I'm reading uh, people are paying for this fight. They need to know the results. This isn't a small item. This was a costly appeals process to have nothing. Uh, and I get it. I, I understand his frustration. You know, and 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 it's it's. I mean, I get it, and it's important to mention and to bring up. Um, you know, and. I'd rather you know. talk about Gabe Tapler, quite frankly. I'd rather be talking about Gabe Tapler. <laughs> we but, can. but here's the thing. We you, can. If you want to settle down, <laughs> I mean, whenever you go into any type of legal action, you're not just going to have wins after wins after wins. Just because you throw money at it doesn't mean it's going to win. So every time that you have a loss, you know, yeah, it'd be great. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, we're in a really heavily attacked industry because of the nature of our product. Um, I'm not, you know, I, it's been exponentially proven that this is this is not a you know a very dangerous product for um for public health you know public health impact almost nil um in their own words but i mean it's always going to be a tacked area and everything's always going to cost money um and we're going to lose some stuff and, and yeah it is costly but would it be more costly to not appeal to just accept it and and then at the end of the day i don't know does the pca reporting on it and giving us more information on it make it less costly i don't know I don't think it makes it less costly. It would just be more people informed about it. Um, but, you know, being informed is important, and I think, that's, um, I think that's a topic everyone can agree on. We wish that the trade associations and organizations in this industry were more informative about that information. It's been a discussion for over 10 years that I've been in the cigar business. Obviously, there's something about our trade organizations. Maybe it's the size, the scope of their what they're, what they're able to do. They're just not very good at it, and I don't know if there's any way to change that without ripping it up and, and making it completely different. And, and maybe that's an option. Um, you know, maybe that's something needs to happen. But you know, if you're if you're waiting for them all of a sudden to be super informative on things after nine and ten years of discussing it, it's just not going to happen. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Coop's biggest thing was it's not just the fight itself. I think he, I think he really wants to hit on two the communication too, uh, based on some other other comments. And, and Mark uh, Vanslin right too says the same thing. The lack of mess- messaging is is uh, definite. And I think that's one thing that I know Coop had mentioned a lot. You know, we were at PCA was just the lack of communication, even with a lot of things. Um, but it's been listen, it's been that way forever. Right. So they obviously got a challenge with it. So like how. How are the adjustments? You know, what I mean, like, what what do they actually need to do, and then who needs to be in place to do that? Um, and and they're obviously not good at it. And that's just one of the things. Right. I mean, I think that's a that's a that's a change that they should make. You know, just for everyone's sake. You know, at least you know, kind of communicate as to you know what 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 is going on. You know, where where is all the money that they do get? You know, how is it used? And not just well, we have a lawsuit. Okay. Well, like, what you know, give us some more information on it. I mean, I think that. Uh, for for some people, though, those the, that information is is more important, and uh, you know maybe maybe it should be conveyed well, more. Well, give but... me the information right now. It went to the lawyers. <laughs> that's where the money went. So where did it go for the lawsuit? It went directly to the legal team. That's exactly where it went. There was there's nothing else there. I mean that's that's it went to the legal team. Right. Period. I, I'm trying not to let Coop take over the show. He's he's continuing to comment as much as I love Coop. If I keep reading his he's comments, got his own show. He's I know. Got like four or five hour shows. Can we have our own show here, please? <laughs> well, then he's got a show with Matthew on Saturday over the weekend, and I can sit over there. But I'm just saying that's where the money went. So it's not like some conspiracy theory behind it. That all the money that they're making is going towards going towards this legal fight for the most side and they just released their financials so if you want information about where that money went they went they told you they just told you and everybody reported on it i saw it on all the sites so there's the information yes could they be more informative could they be better at it yes have they been good at it no they've not been good at it for nine years that i've been around as a vp of sales and they weren't you know i guess they weren't great at it before there either uh so yeah that's an area that they need to improve at and they just haven't had the opportunity to i think that's the uh, a big important side of it, but them staying in business as a nonprofit representing this this associate uh, this industry is significantly more important. Love um, you, Coop. Yeah, Coop, we love you. Don't you know? I don't want you to. I you you bring some good content to the show. I mean, I'll, I'll say that. I mean, you bring you have valid stuff. I'm not trying to take away from that, but. What I will say is what we should be doing is we should be telling people if they want to hear more about this, they can tune in and listen to us talk about it on Saturday night uh, on the Spare Notes show live on Facebook and YouTube. Um, so keep an eye out for that there on Saturday night with myself and Will Cooper. Uh, we can also talk about uh, Terrence. We can talk about how awesome of a manager uh, Gabe Kapler was in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. It's just one of the best. Uh, and and, <laughs> and how well he's doing in San Francisco where he has people around him who appreciate his innovative managing and coaching techniques now that they're not not so small-minded but i don't want to get that right now we can talk about that later i will leave you with this though can you imagine if the giants won a world series and gabe kapler is up there and he's got the trophy and all that and coop's just at home going shouldn't be him just should be him (laughs) i I, I honestly i'm a huge red sox fan and i would almost prefer that they win the world series with kapler as manager just, just for that just, reason. Just to spite Coop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we all know that that's literally not going to happen. I mean, he's a great <laughs> record manager. Uh, I liked him as I, I liked him when he played with the Red Sox. He was a good, you know. great utility player, man. Yeah, he's a good guy. He was jacked. You know, he was probably on steroids. Oh, he, was, he went to Japan yeah. for a year. Went to Japan yeah, and yeah. came back half the size. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he looked the part. So it was cool. But yeah, he's a he's a wretched manager. They're not, they're not winning. A, nobody's winning a World Series with that guy. So Are you in Coop's pocket. <sighs> nah, just, some things are facts in life, and I think that's just one of them. I don't hate Gabe Kapler the way he does, uh, but I'm also not a Philly fan, so I don't generally hate myself in general. 
So John, I I see you got your uh, you got your backdrop set up. You got a soap for us. I uh, I almost forgot Ooh. about that. So uh, let's get to Carney's soap review. Um, so in honor in honor of our friends at JC Newman, who are now our new uh, studio sponsors, uh, and in honor of their American cigar, uh, I have the Freedom Fresh Doctor Squatch soap here. Here's the soap. She's a beaut, Clark. Let's see if close enough. So oh, yep. Well, there, you go. there we go. There we go. Cool so this looking is, soap. Uh, this is Red Root Tea. It's a five-ounce bar. Um, this is a zero grit, so we got no grit in it. Uh, the zero grit um, is very smooth. Um, the the high grit is the ones like the pine tar, which happens to be my favorite. Um, and this is a seasonal. Um, and this apparently smells like the squash is what he says. Uh, mm. But here we go. I'm going to say, out of all the soaps I've had so far from this, is the one that sells, smells the most soapy. So think of a traditional soap smell. This this does have a traditional soap smell to it, but obviously a really nice red, white, and blue swirl. But very soapy smell. One thing I will warn you all, and if uh, those that have been watching the soap reviews here religiously, I traditionally don't like in Dr. Squatch the low-grit soaps. I prefer the high-grit um, so this is going to be interesting, but I do like the, the outside of it. So I'm gonna get my hands wet here. I've got my handy, uh, bucket here. Got some water here from the pool. So we've got that going. We get that wet. We're going to get the bar wet. Ooh, I like the noise too. You hear the soap, oh, yeah. you hear that soaping noise. So we've got a lot of foam going on here. It's really nice, real traditional, uh, really classic, uh, Dr. Squatch foam. Good uh, lather. So good foam here. Uh, yeah, really good lather. The good thing I like about the thing I like about Dogger Squatch is it's not real uh, greasy. But I'll say this one is a little greasier. Not bad, but it's a little greasier, and it's again it smells very traditional uh, traditional soap here. Real subtle um, essential oils if there are any in here. And this, you know, Squatch. I will say they are a big company, uh, but I would throw them into the way they produce their products. Um, is 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 like a boutique soap, you know, craft soap. Um, so they, they do stick with that. It's all natural ingredients, not a lot of extra stuff added in it. But, yeah, we've got a great lather. You can see here, really Ooh, good. Ooh, look at that. That's, a, that's yeah. solid. So I'm going to go in here. A lot of foam. A couple dips. I oh, mean, two dips and the soap's gone off there, which is real wow. nice. Yeah, that um, is. You don't want that clingy soap. No. But I can't get over the scent here. The scent is very traditional bar soap. Man, I'm going to go... Appearance-wise, this is one of my favorites. Obviously, red, white, and blue, big part of my life. It's just, it's in regards to soap, it's just, an, it's a, there's no overwhelming scent, which is okay, but there's nothing defining about it. If you gave this to me and had me sniff it, I'd say it was a regular bar of soap. Um, I'm happy with the, the, the lather on it. I am happy that the that it cleaned off real easy. Um, and the cleanliness is nice. So I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 6.8. 6.8. This is my least favorite Squatch um, so far, other than I think the goat's milk one that we did. Oh, in yeah. Booth, I think there was like goat's milk one or whatever. Um, I don't know if I gave that a, a lower score than that, but I'm going to go 6.8 on this, the Freedom Freedom Fresh. But it is a great soap. I mean, it's it, it's I've used this already. I've showered with it. Showering is a shower soap. It's awesome. Um, so I, I really did enjoy that. Um, it the The high grit soaps have a little bit less um, uh, length. Of, they last a little bit l less. They don't last quite as long. This one I've actually, the bar I had here, I've actually used twice. 
Um, and it was with showering, so uh, it was nice to have that. But uh, and it does last well. Looks nice. Um, there's not a lot of not a lot of color bleed on it. Like I had um, the uh, the pine tar soap. It's got charcoal in it, and that gets real black and gets all over the place. Uh, but it's nice. But but it's a good soap. Six eight six eight for the Freedom Fresh. I just wanted to point out. I got Jay Davis commenting uh, from the soap opera that is our industry. We now have the soap segment, uh, which I thought was really appropriate for this. Uh, so I threw that up there, but, uh, yeah, no, I, it, 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 you know, while we're on the topic of soaps, um, you know, I, I have my own sets of soaps I use regularly at home that I like to use, but you know, when you travel sometimes, you know, you, you know, you get caught up in using the hotel soaps when you run out of the stuff you bring. And I gotta say, uh, on the subject of PCA and soap, you know, while we were staying in the Venetian last week, um, the soaps that are in the room. I expected better of such a luxury hotel. You know, they claim to be a five-star hotel casino resort. And the soaps in the room weren't five-star. They were lucky if they were two. I mean, there was no lather to them. I mean, I got them under the water. I'm scrubbing, 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 and it just I was just scrubbing a wet bar of wax. I mean, there was no suds coming off of that. I, you know, I, I the lather? No lather either. I mean, it it was just it was like just rubbing it with it was like rubbing yourself with wax. I mean, there was just nothing there. I had to, you know, just to wash my hands in the sink. I had to go and steal some shower gel. You know, it was the only thing I could get to really you know, lather and soap up. It's just didn't do it for me. So yeah, I just I had to I had to throw that in there. I figured this was appropriate time. The uh... so I I do have a little bit of information to give on the soap review here. Uh, after post soap review, I touched my laptop. Hmm. And my laptop was giving me an electric charge through my hands. Um, so I did a quick Google here. And if anybody ever has this happen with their MacBook Pro, um, whether your MacBook Pro is new or old, it's possible that when plugged into a power outlet, you may feel an electrical tingling sensation in your hands. This means that your MacBook device is not properly grounded and electricity is using you as a route to the ground. While this isn't always dangerous, it can be extremely uncomfortable when working on your device, which it was. Uh, many people experience this problem out of the box as a result of a problem with their wire or outlet. But others may experience after a longer period of time using a laptop. And uh, so you can Google online of ways to solve it. But I just unplugged my cord from the side there and it stopped. Uh, but if you've ever had that issue and you feel electricity coming out of your MacBook, especially after a soap review, uh, unplug your side of your computer and uh, make sure you're properly grounded. I just wanted to bring up this comment right here from Mike said uh matt knows electric um which I, th I think is a fair it's a fair statement to make um but you know I, I i always enjoy you know learning something you know different from from john i think uh that was interesting and that was that was the science segment brought to you by la flor dominicana uh lft the home of the ligero um thank you for that john always uh always got to leave our friends that uh got to bring our friends from la flor dominicana into the show somehow uh, especially when John's here, you know, can't leave him out. Uh, but guys, as we wind down towards the end of the show, um, is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up? Maybe that you had on your own, uh, had on your plate that you wanted to to use this platform to express. I'll start with Terrence, who's our guest. No, we just uh, please uh, stay in touch. But we got a YouTube channel. Subscribe, uh, Agonorse Experience. Uh, our Facebook and Instagram pages, Agonorse Sleep. We've got a nice group, Agonorse Acolytes, on Facebook. It's uh, uh, you know, please stay in touch. We like to hear from you, and uh, and that's about all I can tell you. It's a great group. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for having me. Yeah. Terrence, thank you for joining us. As always, I mean, it, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And anytime we get to talk and hang out, it's 
uh, it's always a privilege for me, and I and I appreciate you know all the time you've you've given us um, here at Smoking Tobacco. Uh, you know, just to you know talk over cigars. I I really do. It's it's always a great time. Uh, John, I know that you have a uh, gourmet smoke session coming up next week in Rhode Island. Tell us a little Ooh, more yeah. about that. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a gourmet smoke session Wednesday, July twenty eighth, with our friends at Regency Cigar in uh, East Greenwich, Rhode Island. That will be uh, celebrating their twenty fifth anniversary during that gourmet smoke session. So you can catch it live on Facebook um, and YouTube through Hacking Gourmet and LFD Cigars. Um, so we'll have that going on. Um, so that'll be really exciting. And uh, yeah, that's what I got going on next week. So uh, that'll be great. It'll be fun. It's been uh, just about a month. I'd say since our last gourmet session. So it'll be a little over a month at that time. So looking forward to it uh, with our friends at Regency Cigar. It should be a great time. Um, there's uh, so as I said before, you know, don't forget to check us out uh, on Saturday night as uh, Coop and I will be doing the Spare Notes series episode number three, I want to say, um, where we're going to get into a lot of other stuff that, you know, was brought up on the show earlier and whatnot and PCA and some other stuff. So don't forget to check that out. Um, also, uh, Terrence brought up, you know, the Aganorsa uh, group on Facebook. We have our own group, as you guys might know, the Smoking Tobacco Cigar Club. Uh, we decided to run like a little contest, a little giveaway contest. I wanted to highlight this for those who might not know. Um, if you head over to our group, if you're a member, uh, from now until Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, we're doing a photo contest. Uh, kind of like what Coop does in a way. Uh, it's a photo contest for social media, but it's not, you know, in airports and planes. So, um it's just going to be an original, humorous cigar photo. Post it in the group uh, on the page, you know, tag us in it, or what have you. Um, you get extra points if you highlight the smoke and tobacco brand. Uh, one of the submissions we got already was from uh, one of our members wearing uh, one of our T-shirts uh, from our online store at the Great Smoke with Carlos Fuente, uh, which was really cool. Um, so, again, Facebook. Uh, Spoken Tobacco Cigar Club group, uh, 9 p.m. this Saturday night, deadline, uh, and we have some, uh, we have with three winners that will be picked, and uh, I think we have some uh, mystery cigar samplers that we'll be giving out to the three lucky winners, so uh, don't know what you're going to get, but it will be fun, it will be something good, and uh, that's how you win, so go on there and check that out, come up with some really cool stuff, uh, you know, you can use Terrence Riley as uh, some inspiration for originality when it comes to photo contests. Uh, I, I know he has a lot of experience with that. Um, you know, you can, you can take kudos from us. You can, you can do, a, you can do a, a cutout of, you know, someone in the industry like Will Cooper, uh, like we did. Um, which, by the way, while we're on the topic, uh, Terrence, you were there and, and, and you, you know, you were obviously a part of this. But, um, and I know, John, you weren't there. But I think it was awesome that we got everyone together at the show, or m most of the people, we got almost everyone we could uh, to come together for that, because everyone saw it, it was kind of the talk of the show, um, and sign that poster for Coop, uh, and if you haven't seen the video, it is posted up on our social media, where we, we gave it to him, and he was really impressed, but I thought it was really cool, because uh, Terrence, I don't know if you watched the video, but somewhere in there, um, when we were showing to him, he's like, oh, who said something about Gabe Kapler, and uh, I saw it. Which, which which Terrence wrote on his signature. Uh, what did you write? Something about Gabe Kapler's the best manager? Yeah, I, I can't believe you didn't know who did it right away. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, that was Terrence Riley. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I think it clicked, like, obviously. Um, 
yeah, I thought that was funny. I wanted to bring that up. Uh, that was that was really cool. But yeah, so photo contest, check that out. Um, <clears throat> and as always, guys, find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to us. Um, follow us anywhere you can get your podcast. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm starting to lose my voice now. Um, yeah, follow us or anywhere you get your podcast. For those listening at home, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. You can find us everywhere on Apple, Google, Pandora, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, Podbean, everywhere you get your podcasts, we're on there. Give us a follow, download us, listen to us. We really appreciate it. We have some cool stuff. Uh, with that, guys, uh, I'm going to leave you with that. Thank Terrence, thank you for coming on the show. John, as always, it's always a pleasure. Uh, and we'll, we'll see you guys all next week. So take care. Take care, guys.